0: Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could be with us. The COVID-19 pandemic was hard on all of us, but imagine what it was like for a kindergartner. Your first year ever at school ends abruptly. You spend most of first grade at home behind a screen. Second grade is pretty disrupted, too. And now you're heading into the home stretch of third grade, and you're supposed to know how to read, but you don't. And a lot of other kids are also behind. The portion of students across the state who are reading at grade level or above dropped eight percentage points over the pandemic. Only about half of Minnesota children are now hitting their reading benchmarks according to standardized tests. And they missed out on math instruction, too. Fewer than 46% of students met or exceeded math standards. That's a drop of 10 percentage points. So what are we going to do about it? Because this isn't just a problem for schools to solve. One promising approach might be intensive tutoring, either in small groups or one-on-one. So today, we are listening back to a conversation I had at the beginning of the school year with the directors of two Minnesota tutoring programs, one reading and one math, and what they do and how tutoring can make a difference in a child's life and how it might help with the pandemic learning gap. I spoke with Brooke Rivers, an executive director of Reading Partners Twin Cities. It's the local affiliate of the national nonprofit Reading Partners, and this year it has reading tutors in eight elementary schools across the Twin Cities. I also spoke with Lisa Clarkson, an associate professor of mathematics, education in the College of Education and Human Development at the University of Minnesota. She is also the founder of the math tutoring program, Prepare to Inspire. It's a small math tutoring program for eighth graders that meets weekly in North Minneapolis. Take a listen. I'm looking forward to talking with both of you. This is uh, near and dear (laughs) to me because I got a lot of support when I was a kid. It made a huge difference in my academic career. Uh, Brooke, can you describe first just the the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on students and, uh, you know, what you're seeing with students uh, you work with and and talk with?
1: Sure, Angela. So, um, first and foremost, reading partners uh, really seeks to be an intervention, a, a literacy intervention to help students who are who are behind in reading up to two and a half years behind grade level. And what we saw with the pandemic is as students just didn't have uh, the opportunity to be in the classroom to be consistently meeting with their teacher and getting the support that they really need. And so we saw those gaps uh, widen and continue. Um, we did not see the progress being made on on literacy gains, but we really saw saw the gap growing bigger.
0: And some national testing suggests that the pandemic really wiped out two decades of progress. You know, there was progress happening in both reading and math and really widened the gaps between white students and students of color. Is that what you're seeing as well?
1: That's right. You know, we believed it to be true. And now we have the data to back that up to show that uh, it really... Uh, the pandemic affected every student, really, um, and really exacerbated the in- inequities that we see between students of color and white students.
0: And so does that now give you a sense of urgency?
1: Absolutely. This is mm-hmm. a, you know, pull the alarm uh, kind of moment for us. We, you know, there, there is urgency. We we can't let this gap continue. Um, and uh, there's a lot of need in our community and, and in our schools. And so, um, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. We know some things about what works. Uh, Lisa, what impact have you seen the pandemic have on children and learning?
1: Well, one of the
2: major um, factors that we have seen is not just being behind, but just um, this gap in, in student confidence as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're missing a set of basic skills that you're supposed to know in order to achieve at your grade level, then all of a sudden that gap becomes more of a personal gap as well.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And and Lisa, tell me more about Prepare to Inspire. Uh, I mentioned it's a tutoring and mentoring program that focuses on math. Um, It meets once a week. Tell us what you do and how you do it.
2: Thank you for asking. Um, I'm very proud of this program. Uh, Prepare to Inspire is a cascading multi-grade mathematics tutoring and mentoring program. This is our 10th year, and one of the the things that's really important about this program is that it's, talking with it's both a of peer you. tutoring program. We have eighth graders with 11th graders with college undergrad students. And so they, they work in small learning communities at, at tables on a weekly basis. And, and what they're seeing in this particular type of setting is the math that they're doing in eighth grade, which is algebra, is not just similar, but the same as the math that's expected of them in high school as 11th graders in Algebra 2. Mm-hmm. And then the undergrad students are supporting them, and they can see this continuum of how the math that they're preparing for in middle school is actually going to follow them, you know, up through their, their college program. Mm-hmm. So, and there's community,
0: right? That sort of peer support and a sense of community.
2: Absolutely. This, this sense of community is even stronger because when they're sitting at these tables, we name that table... Um, the small learning community after an underrepresented mathematician or um, scientist. So they know who they are. And and, and the sense of community is very clear. They eat together, they work together. Um, At the end of the tutoring program, we we serve a meal. And so that's where that informal mentoring um, also happens.
0: And so what evidence do we have that uh, tutoring one-on-one or in small groups, as you're describing, how do we know it works, that it makes a difference? What have you seen, Lisa?
2: One of the things that I've seen, particularly in this program, um, because of our longevity, is is the fact that some of these students who were in the program as eighth graders and came back as as high school students, their scores were high enough for it on their ACT, because we do also help them with that, that they were able to... Um, to enter the University of Minnesota. And in, in a couple of cases, then some of those same students who started as eighth graders came back and are now tutors in the program as well. Mm. I'd say that's really working.
0: Mm-hmm. And and Brooke, tell me more about reading partners and and how it works. I said in the introduction, you're sending tutors. They just arrived this this, this right. school year we for the fall. Launched, yeah. Elementary schools in the Twin Cities. How does it work? What does it look like?
1: Sure. So we recruit volunteers. We train those volunteers, uh, and then we provide them with a research-based structured curriculum. Uh, to go in and actually implement uh, reading intervention with students. So they're, they're not just reading out loud to kids, uh, but they're really instructing uh, the foundational literacy skills with those students. Students get two 45-minute sessions with a reading partner, so uh, students might be working with two different volunteers uh, in the school. And they're really building those foundational skills, uh, talking a lot about um, how, how you learn to read, but also uh, engaging with the text. We're really focused on um, not just saying the words, but really understanding the words uh, that you're saying and, and really applying comprehension and, and kind of greater thinking to that um, for, for a little bit of uh, uh numbers to the, to the to the story. Last year, 87% of the students that we worked with here in the Twin Cities met their primary literacy growth goal, which essentially means they're really starting to chip away at, at any sort of gaps that they have and really accelerate their learning.
0: So what does this look like? Uh, a volunteer comes in and then a, a student is pulled out
1: of class? Yes. Yep. So a teacher refers a student to reading partners. So we're really working in partnership with the school. Um, we're not coming in throwing our elbows around saying, you know, we have to work with these certain students but the the teacher is really identifying the students who would be a good fit for for reading partners again we work with kids who are up to two and a half years behind grade level and then those students are coming to a space that we uh, create in the school we call it a reading center lots of books and um, positive uh, uh, literacy Mm -hmm. uh, uh, paraphernalia in the room Uh, and then those tutors are, are working in that space we also have a staff member in that space though, that is acting as a coach for those tutors And
0: what's your understanding? Uh, You said two and a half years behind in grade level. So for an elementary school, is that common? Uh,
1: Unfortunately, the schools that we're working with, uh, less than 50 percent of the students are reading at grade level. And so we're seeing more students in the school than we can actually serve. Uh, There are more kids referred to reading partners than we have uh, been able to serve uh, in, in the school space,
0: we talked about laugh, lack of confidence. Um, I remember this from my own tutoring experience. Um, is if you're behind, you're aware that you can't do what your classmates do. And so mm-hmm. what, what does that look like uh, for a student just in socializing and how it applies to just other aspects of being in school?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, sometimes, you know, this is not every student, but we sometimes see students who are, you know, coming into the reading center who know that they're behind. Um, mm-hmm. And there can be certain behaviors that come with that. They can, you know, there's acting out or there's kind of despondency. You know, imagine a fourth grader coming in reading at a second grade level. They know that they're behind, uh, and that can have some kind of negative behaviors. However, what we see with uh, reading partners is is they're working one-on-one with a tutor who's showing up every week to work with them, uh, who's positive, who's who's kind of meeting them at they're at where they're at. We work with students who are uh, – we meet them where they're at, so we're not taking a fourth grader and working on fourth-grade skills just at a slower pace, but we're really meeting them at where they need to be at, at that second-grade level. And they start to see that confidence. In Mm -hmm. fact, we hear from teachers at that mid-year point, what they're seeing more in the classroom from these students before they're even seeing the literacy gains is the engagement in the classroom. They're raising their hand more. They're engaging more. They're uh, paying attention more um, because they're starting to build that confidence.
0: Let's uh, take some phone calls as we talk about uh, tutoring and uh, what we can do to to address this learning gap. Uh, We've talked about teaching loss, learning Mm -hmm. loss, uh, just what happened to students uh, during distance learning and what we know about one-on-one and small group instruction that can help. Here in the Twin Cities, we've got Lori on the line. And Lori, what did you want to share with us about uh, tutoring?
3: Uh, yes, I am actually a volunteer tutor with Reading Partners, oh, okay. and I started last year. was my first year working with them, and and it was it's such a great experience. I just got a new student uh, last week, and
0: that I'll be working with this year. And what grade is uh, the student in? Uh, first grade. Okay, and oh wow! So how does what's the plan? How will this work? So
3: I come in. I I volunteer one hour a week. I come in one hour a week, and the Reading Partners has a a plan that I. I work with the student so I don't have to, you know, figure it out for myself. And, you know, I read aloud to the student. The student gets the opportunity to read aloud to me, and we work on basic reading skills that, that they're missing. And why did you want to do this, Laurie? Um, for me, the biggest reason is that I love to read. I've always been able to read, and reading gives me so much pleasure, and it's it's a basic skill that you need in the world. And to be able to help kids learn to love reading and learn to, to be better at it is very rewarding for me.
0: And what was the training like as a volunteer with Reading Partners? What did you go through? What did they teach you in training? Um, the training they they've taught me
3: you know how to work through the lesson plans and, and what we'll be doing. Um, we address some of the behaviors of, of children and how to how to meet them where they're at and um, and. Uh, you know, help them through whatever they're dealing with and stuff. So it was, I I don't have a lot of experience with children and it it gave me the skills I needed to work with children.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: And you've met your first grader. You've met her once.
3: Yes, last week I met her for the first time.
0: And then what like how would you describe, you know, your interaction? Was she excited to see you or was she like, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs>
3: she, she, she was she was uh, excited. And we were both kind of, kind of we it was kind of a get to know session, so we right. spent some time getting to know each other. And um, I think it went fairly well, so I think she was excited when she left and, and I'll be seeing her uh, this week and hopefully she'll be ready to mm-hmm. to jump in and learn.
0: Oh, uh, Lori, well, thank you for calling and thank you for the, the volunteer work that you're doing as a tutor. Uh, let's take another phone call. In Alexandria, we have John on the phone. Good morning, John. Thank you for calling in. What do you want to share with us about tutoring?
5: Well, yes. Good morning. Hi. Um, I am 67 years old, and I have enjoyed a lifetime of reading, enjoying wonderful books because of a tutor I had in college. Um, I was failing college, I was on academic probation, quite depressed, really wanted to go to college. And was failing i was taking courses like history and political science and philosophy and failing and i didn't know where to start so i went to the dean of students i was on academic probation said i want to go to college he marched me right over to counseling center and i got a counselor who also changed my life because we recognized the depression because i couldn't read Mm. sent me for an academic assessment found out i was reading terribly i got a reading tutor Uh, for one full semester one-on-one and then a second semester of reading tutor in a group setting and my grades went from d's and f's to straight a's and i went on to get two undergraduate degrees and two master's degrees and been reading my entire life now and enjoying it so much my biggest regret is i never found that tutor later in my adult life to thank her but she
0: she changed my life so John, how did you get so far in your education um when recognizing that you had this this big gap in your in your reading abilities?
5: Well, I didn't really know that I did. I yeah. I didn't understand the problem I was having because I could read the words. I oh. would read a chapter in one of my textbooks and think, well, I read that, so I'm I'm kinda good to go. I had no idea what it said.
0: The comprehension wasn't there. Okay.
5: Right. right. Not at all. And so and I didn't realize that was a problem. I I thought I'm 18, 19 years old, and I thought, you know, I mm-hmm. read the chapters, so everything's fine. But then they found out I couldn't comprehend. And the tutor taught me so many wonderful things about how to comprehend. And, and I, I tell you, it really, really did change my life. I and, was thinking John, about quitting a, college and going back to work at my dad's machine shop, which I hated. Well, I personal thought, question. I, I would have gone back there.
0: Is it time yeah. now for you to be a tutor? Have you volunteered as a tutor?
5: I have not uh, volunteered to be a, a tutor. I don't know if I would know how to do it very well.
0: Well, well, as you're hearing, there are opportunities to train to do it. I think you'd be a great tutor, but I, I love hearing your story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let's take another yes. phone call. Uh, in St. Paul, we have Elle Akala on the line. And Elle, I understand you're a college student who's a teacher, who's a tutor, excuse me. Yeah,
6: um, I'm a junior. I'm a Calister, and I'm also a tutor with Reading Partners.
0: Okay. And so how do you find time to tutor if you're a college student yourself?
6: <laughs> um, well, I'm actually really fortunate because um, I have a federal uh, work study as part of my financial aid package at Macalester. Uh-huh. And um, so instead of working on campus, like in the dining hall or the library, I'm able to go work at a community partner um, as a part of a program that we have at McAllister. So um, I work at Reading Partners for my work study.
0: So what school are you going to and what age is the, the child you're working with?
6: Um, Well, I'm going to Hamlin Elementary School, and I did it all last year. um, I had two students last year, and then this year we're just getting started, so I have one student, and I'm starting with another student tomorrow.
0: Okay, so tell me what uh, grade are these kids in, and, and how's it going?
6: Um, well, last year I had a first grader and a second grader, and then this year so far I have a first grader, and I'm starting, um, I think, with another first grader tomorrow.
0: And so what what was the experience like, Are the interactions like? Are these young kids happy to see you, or are they questioning what, what you're there for, or what is it like?
6: Um, it's really incredible. Um, yeah, they're very happy to see me. Um, last year I got a lot of pictures of myself drawn in, in crayon, um, and lots of you know little hugs and just Oh, wow, we're so happy you're here. And um, yeah, really, it really makes you feel good about yourself. Do
0: they share more? Do they talk to you? Do they tell you about their families and share maybe what's going on at home with, with you?
6: Yeah. Um, last year I had a student who had a really difficult situation at home. And, um, you know, you could just tell that, that Reading Partners was a really safe place for her, that she felt comfortable there. and And so... Um, you know, we would we would be working on reading stuff, but she would also sometimes open up about, you know, just her feelings and what was going on at home. And, um, you know, she was she was having a really difficult time. So it was it was nice to be able to be supportive and be there for her.
0: And earlier in your um, own experience, did did you struggle with, you know, any subjects in school? And, and did, do you think a, a tutor would have been helpful to you?
6: Yeah, I struggled <laughs> a lot with math as a kid. Um, And I I never got that opportunity to have that kind of like one-on-one or even group intervention like that. Um, And and just hearing about that math program that um, earlier person in your your mm -hmm. program was talking about, I was like, oh, I I really could have benefited from that. Um, And, you know, I was diagnosed with autism when I was 17, and um, I never got the chance to have that kind of intervention. So I I feel really lucky that I'm able to be that person for some of these kids to like be the one there who, who can, you know, help them out when they're struggling and, hopefully be like a
0: positive adult in their life. Well, Elle, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for, for sharing your experience. That's Elle Akala, a, a McAllister College student who is uh, tutoring elementary school kids here in St. Paul. Thank you, Elle. Uh, Lisa, uh, what do you hear in the phone calls there that we've heard so far from people who had have had experiences with tutors and who are tutoring themselves as volunteers now? Lisa?
2: One of the things that I heard um, very clearly, Angela, was the fact that Uh, working with a tutor helped build confidence. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing what you're able to do when you feel good about uh, yourself and how you are participating in that discipline. One of the things that we see is that students are, are more willing to take risk, more willing to work on more challenging problems, more willing to take more mathematics. And I think one of the things that is unanticipated is when you are the tutor, you're actually strengthening your own skills as well.
0: Um, your own skills and, and even you mean like your own confidence or just your own ability to communicate? What do you mean?
2: I'm talking about um, about all of the above and more. Um, I think you you build your own confidence when you're relating to somebody mm-hmm. who is in need. I think you're building your skills. I know you're building your your content, Um knowledge as well, because when you're able to explain something mm-hmm. or to think about it in different ways, it makes a huge difference in your own understanding. And I think that's really one of the powerful outcomes from a near peer tutoring program. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, sometimes you're feeling in gaps when you're trying to explain something and you're thinking, hmm, I didn't do so well with that before. But now when I'm having a chance to talk through it, um, some of those connections are being made in your, own, in your own mind. You have lots of aha moments when you're tutoring. I know as a teacher, <laughs> and I've been teaching for 43 years, there are some times when you run into something new or a new way of thinking about something or a new strategy, and you'll just turn around and say, oh, my gosh, is that why that works? And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, there are so many benefits from each of the participants when you're tutoring.
0: And Lisa, I know that you were a math teacher there in public schools in Los Angeles, and now you teach uh, teachers at the University of Minnesota. How did you get so focused on tutoring?
2: Well, thank you for asking that, Angela. (laughs) Um, So, you know, in Minnesota, we have this eighth grade algebra um, legislation. And as a professor at the University of Minnesota, and as a researcher, and as an underrepresented mathematics person, there are... I, I knew that there were gaps. I knew that in my own program, there were very few people who looked like me. And so I wanted to know firsthand what that new requirement was going to do to students in Minnesota who are already underserved, knowing that we had one of the largest achievement gaps in the country. So um, as a professor, I went to one of the schools in the area and I worked with the eighth, grade, eighth graders that first year. And I kept a diary so that I could reflect on not only on the experience, but what it meant to those young people. Mm. And um, what I found then is after being in a place for an entire year, you don't easily just get up and, and leave. And so I wanted to be able to support those students when they were in high school. And so I developed this program um prepare to inspire. And the the focus on eighth graders and 11th graders is really uh, purposeful because that's when they were going to see their algebra again. And Mm -hmm. I wanted my kids because they became my kids. I wanted them to be successful. And I needed to know what they needed in order to be successful. There is technology that's available if you have it. Um, on the ACT or SAT. And so I wanted to make sure my students had those um, tools, whether they were graphing calculators, or graph paper, or you name it, I wanted to provide all of those pieces for them. And so I wrote a grant and was successful. And we've been doing this now for 10 years.
0: And Lisa, I want our listeners to know that, that you're actually the first African American to earn a PhD in math education from the University of Minnesota. That was back in 2001. 20 right. years, well, 20, 21 years ago, the second, yeah. the second black woman to earn her PhD in math education uh, at the U, that just happened last year. It,
2: I, it just happened in August. <laughs> and she was my student too. So I was very, I was very proud of her. But, but even in that, that number, it, it says that, that in order for that number to change from one to two, we have to do something on a personal level. And so that's why I still remain in the community to um, to be that, that person who looks like the kids that I teach. In
0: uh, Woodbury, let's talk to Jose. Jose, what do you want to tell us about tutoring?
7: Hi, Angela. Hi. Uh, so my daughter is is going through some tutoring right now. And what we wanted to share, our story was that she started in a French immersion school during the pandemic. So
8: mm-hmm.
7: when we had to transition her to a kind of an English based school, uh, that transition was very hard last year for her second year. What now What grade is she in? Third year. Jose, what grade uh, is she she's in? in? She's in third right now, mm-hmm. but uh, we switched her to like an English based school in second year. Yes. So, um, she has had to catch up with the other kids, not only from uh, coming from a, uh, a different system, but also just catching up. And the pandemic was really difficult for her. And what I had mentioned to the producers in the show uh, is that tutoring is not an, it's not inexpensive. It's pretty expensive. So we're in the position where we can help her, uh, but that is something that you really have to consider and say, like, wow, this is going to be an expense. It's an expense that you want your kids to have, but not everyone can go there, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's another area where hearing of these programs that are useful for other kids that maybe be uh, serving kids that don't have as much of an economical benefit is really encouraging and actually really good to hear.
0: We need more volunteers, more volunteer tutors, yes, right? And so yes. are, are you hopeful? Have you seen um, some impact of, of your daughter having some one-on-one instruction?
7: we're still kind of going through that section with her to understand like is this useful to her how she's growing uh, i think she's in the initial stages of the tutoring program mm-hmm. so uh, it's, it's I, th- early. I think it takes time for us to really see mm-hmm. that progress right uh so and even from the parent perspective like we really want to see change but we understand that this is a thing that they go through years right first year second year and they Start evolving, so hopefully time. he can catch up sooner. Right. So, but Thank yeah, you. we, we hope to see that.
0: That's Jose calling in. Um, let's tell me about the need for volunteers, right? Because again, we know that the time, the one-on-one. Uh, it works. So, uh, Brooke, what do you want to people to know about becoming a volunteer?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll even just back up and say uh, to Jose's point. You know, yes, Reading Partners. We are a free program to to students and to families, and and so um, that's a, that is a you know we really want to be a resource multiplier, um, which is an important part of you know the schools that we're working with. Um, yeah, uh, we we come in and we can really uh, be a be an add to the school and and really not a drain at all from the resources. Uh, quite honestly, the the uh, equation is simple for us. The more volunteers that we have, the more students we can serve. Um, I mentioned before we have a wait list at our schools. Uh, more students referred to reading partners than we can serve, but we can serve more kids when we get more volunteers in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, signing up to volunteer, we ask volunteers for one hour a week. Uh, and, and then we take care of the rest.
0: And, uh, Lisa, even though, uh, I am not an exceptional math person, I have been a math <laughs> tutor, uh, cause I, I right. could do some basic things, but what would you want people <laughs> to know about, uh, you know, stepping off the sidelines and like, there is something you could do if you actually are, are concerned and you want to be able to help, uh, some kids who have fallen behind.
2: Yeah, there's, um, there's a great need for um, math tutoring in the communities, especially for students who are under-resourced. And so just being able to provide that additional support in different places. Um, I know that we're doing it over at the um, university building over in North Minneapolis. But one of the things that we do with um, tutors who, or excuse me, with volunteers who want to come in is we use um, speakers and and volunteers to come in and talk about how they're using math in their positions and how math may have been a benefit um, in terms of their preparation for the the different occupations that they they hold. Um, I think that we sometimes limit ourselves in terms of thinking that we have to be a major, a math major in order to help with math tutoring. Mm-hmm. And that's really not the case. You know, sometimes just asking the right question in, um, informal spaces is another way to get students to think about numbers and think about how they interact with numbers or, or where numbers are all around them. Uh, I think it's those beginning things. I know as a parent, um, uh, when my kids were little, we counted everything, and I think mm-hmm. one of the things that we um, we don't think about is that that's developing one to one correspondence, and you know, so so it's that memorization maybe of the um, of the numbers and, and the, the the order that it follows, but also when you're starting to move, you know, things along the way um, for that correspondence, we're building that numeracy so that kids aren't afraid of numbers. So each of us has an obligation. To prepare students in terms of numbers, mm-hmm. you know, if you see a puzzle, you know, the puzzle pages in the newspaper, which one do you go to first? Which way, where do you gravitate to the word puzzles or the number puzzles? Mm-hmm. You know, some of those things that where we we display um, how we feel about numbers is one way that we're interacting with or modeling and mentoring students about how they should feel about numbers as well.
0: We're talking uh, about tutoring and and ways that we can help uh, students who, um, you know, have have fallen behind, I guess, is the way to describe it, uh, because they've had a teaching loss during distance learning. And what we know, what uh, the evidence is about uh, tutoring, either one-on-one or in small groups. In South St. Paul, Peter is on the phone. Hi, Peter. What did you want to tell us about tutoring?
9: Yeah, hi. Uh, I've been a writing tutor. I'm a professional writing tutor now. I've been a writing tutor for 13 years um, at Metropolitan State University Mm -hmm. in St. Paul, Mm -hmm. and I'm only 34. I've been doing it since I was 20. It's been a third of my life. I love it. It's one of the best things I've ever done. The impact that you can have as a tutor on the life of a student, on their academic future, is absolutely unmatched. Uh, And I have to echo a couple of comments You know, uh, I very much agree the content knowledge that you can build as a tutor can be astounding. Uh, I've learned things about stuff that I would never use out in the world, but I can use them to help the students. And it's wonderful. So, Peter, are you you working with
0: college students, helping them improve their writing?
9: Yes, Mm -hmm. I'm working with college students. But Mm -hmm. Metropolitan State University, of course, is not a residential college. It's not a traditional college. So the average age of students is around 30. And that makes me their peer. That's the other thing I'd like to (laughs) echo. You guys are right. Being a peer really helps. You know, you're on the same footing as the student. And having gone to Metro, I graduated from there in 2013. You know, I I feel like I've been in their shoes. I kind of know what they're going through. And I I can help them in a kind of unique way as a result of of that as well.
0: Mm. Thank you. That's Peter calling in from South St. Paul. Uh, Let's take another phone call in Annandale. Jenna's on the line. Jenna, what did you want to tell us about tutoring?
7: Hi, Angela. I wanted to say when my daughter first got flagged for falling behind in math in elementary school, Mm -hmm. I had to really let go of my ego because I thought, well, she's so bright and I could help her and we don't need that extra help. And really, she did need that help. She needed to build the confidence with somebody other than her mom. And she has Mm -hmm. gone on to uh, be a freshman this year at Gus Davis. So it helped her immensely, but I really had to let go of my preconceived notions of what it means to
0: have help like why is it why is that about you jenna if you're if the teacher says your daughter is behind how does that become about you why did you feel some shame
7: because well where did i miss that gap how did i not see that how come i can't help her right Mm -hmm. and it really wasn't about me that was the whole point but i had to let go of that you know there's always a little bit of a comparison like Oh, that's my child. They got pulled out.
0: Right. 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 No, I so, hear you. Yeah, I think I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm so happy your daughter has is, is moving on and, and in college now. That's wonderful. Thank you, Jenna. Lisa, what, what did you hear? What Jenna just shared there that, you know, do parents get in the way sometimes when they recognize the child benefit from a tutor? Lisa, are you there? Okay, I'll go to you, Brooke. Uh, she shared. She's like, "Oh, like I I recognize that maybe I didn't feel good about this, but her daughter benefited from having yeah, a math tutor."
1: Absolutely, y- yeah. You know, I think there is this sense of, um, you know, as a parent myself, I have two mm-hmm. little girls. Uh, I have a first grader and a and a pre K, and you know, I I certainly would feel that same kind of. Um, perhaps react the same way as Jenna. But quite honestly, you know, I think uh, students le- learn differently. They learn how to read differently. They learn, you know, they may need different things and an access to a tutor who's really taking the time to meet the student where they're at, um, mm-hmm. both, both, you know, certainly in reading and, and I would assume the same in math, you know, really meeting that student where they're at and really providing what they need. Um, can be really different than what a classroom teacher can provide. And so, you know, that's, I think, the benefit of tutoring is that one-to-one where you're really moving at the pace of Mm -hmm. the student and and really able to focus in on what they need in that moment.
0: Lisa, we just heard from a parent who said, um, when the school reached out to her to say, oh, your daughter could benefit from some some math help, she was like, what, my child? Uh, Do you hear that story often, Lisa?
2: Yeah, I I think that... the the disconnect between um home and sometimes school is that what what a school will see is some of the um the connections that are not being made that might be filled in with that that one-on-one support. Mm.
0: And what, you know, what are the interactions when with um a, a tutor and a child who is behind in math? Like how do you how do you approach those gaps and what the students know and how you're getting going to move them forward? Is it repetition or is it just trying to explain concepts in a different way?
2: I, I think it's both. Um, there are some skills that require, you know, multiple experiences. And the more experiences you have, it becomes, you know, like a skill like riding a bike where you can mm-hmm. just see it and get back on it. Right. But if you if you have a gap, I think one of the things that we do is we start at the grade level. And we work backwards when you're when you're looking at the grade level skill, um, there's usually uh, something that's missing. And when you you um, are working through that particular topic, then you're going to find out that there might be some other prerequisite skill that's missing as well. Mm. So I think the one thing that that's really important is to not just go back and do remediation, but to do both. I think that's the thing that, that we miss sometimes when we're working with underserved students or students who are behind. If you always spend all of their time working on prerequisite skills or remediation, they'll always be behind because they never have access to the great level material.
0: Wow. Wow. So do, do you see the same uh, comparison there in, in reading? Absolutely. I,
1: Absolutely. Huh. Yep.
0: All right, let's take another phone call uh, in Minneapolis. Hilda is on the line. Hilda, what do you want to share with us? What have you seen when it comes to tutoring?
8: I was a substitute teacher at the Adams Spanish Immersion School. And um, there was a two-year period when the school district got a lot of extra cash. And what the school did was hire more, hire more teachers and, um, let's say, Every grade, like the fifth grade, would have its reading and its math at the same time. Like the reading time would all be the same for the fifth graders. And they would break the kids up into groups of about 10 based on their skill level. Okay. And they did that with math, too. And so the the the, the teacher of the most, you know, lowest reading group um, she always got the lowest reading group for each grade. She would always have me be her substitute. And um, it was so good for the kids to be with children that were at their same level. So they weren't constantly comparing themselves to people for whom it was really easy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember one particular math class. I mean, I I was teaching math and uh, I had 30 kids and You know, five of the kids were bored out of their minds. They got it in five minutes. You know, the bulk of the class was, you know, coming along. But there was this group of children who were so behind. They were so lost. I didn't have time to help them. And I thought, you know, every day they're being crushed Mm -hmm. by the fact that everyone around them can do better. So, I think that having that basically like having a small group tutoring experience every single day made a huge difference in the test scores, but it was also I think it was good
0: for the kids. Yeah, thank you, Hilda in Minneapolis, and um, uh, Lisa and Brooke. I, I, I want to hear from you. What do in your conversations with teachers? Can as they stand in the front of classrooms or back of the classroom, can they see what's happening? Can you see in a child's face when they are not getting it and are are feeling crushed, as uh, that caller described, Lisa? <laughs>
2: You can absolutely see it in their face. It's, it's that glazed look sometimes, or it's the avoidance of looking at you, you mm-hmm. know, when in, I, you know, just trying to be not called on because you don't have the answer. That's, uh, you know, their, their whole body language says, you know, do not choose me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, putting their head down on the desk, you know, just just withdrawing completely from that environment. Um teachers can see what's what's going on, you know, with just by reading their body language. Mm-hmm. Brooke, would you add
0: to that?
1: Absolutely. I would I would add, uh, echo that uh, completely, you know, and, and I think, um, again, tutoring programs like the caller was just talking about the small group or even the one to one like reading partners, you know, again, can really build those com- the confidence in students before maybe even seeing the academic gains, but we can see those confidence gains and then the academics follow because now the student feels that they can accomplish something and they can see the progress. And, and we see that, quite honestly, we see that every day with students.
0: And Lisa, with uh, your math tutoring program, prepare to inspire. I'm just curious about the conversations uh, between these 11th graders who are helping the eighth graders. Um, uh, They're still interacting outside of the tutoring program, right? So it's sort of expanding their social circle as well.
2: It it, it does expand it. And it gives them the opportunity to talk about, you know, how to prepare for high school. What are some of the things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, how do we do do life in in high school? You know, they talk to them about some of the football games or some of the extracurricular activities. And I think that same thing happens too when they're sitting with the undergrad students. And so these students are actually working one-on-one in small learning communities, Mm -hmm. but they also, you know, have the opportunity to hear side conversations that are going on. Mm -hmm. And then just having that opportunity to put the books away and actually you know, eat a meal together, Right. You, you'd you be surprised at some of the conversations that happen there.
0: And just the confidence, like you're in eighth grade. Yeah, I know Ronnie, he goes to the right. U, right? Like I know right. people. It's, <laughs> How they see it themselves. makes a huge difference.
2: Right, right. and even <laughs> starting to consider the University of Minnesota. Right. For some students in the community, those were never even options. They didn't know anyone who went to the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Very often the students that I interact with in my group, um, I'm the first person uh, or professor from the University of Minnesota that they interact with. I'm the first person of color with a PhD that they've interacted mm-hmm. with. And so those those um, pieces also become very important. And for those
0: undergraduate students in their own academic careers, when they get to a class like, Oh, this is hard. Then they can like, Oh, okay. Right. I can relate. All right. Maybe I just need some extra help. Maybe I need to ask for some help. Maybe I need to push through this in the way these eighth and 11th graders I'm working with are. are and they'll
2: are. bring their books too. They'll mm-hmm. bring their books. And then after the, the um, middle school and high school students leave, they'll ask, you know, would somebody help me with um, a certain problem or having those other conversations. Mm-hmm. And so, we've even had some undergrads who went back and took more math because their own personal confidence was, mm-hmm. you know, was, was going that, up. All right. Let's mm-hmm. take uh,
0: another phone call. We're talking about tutoring. Uh, we've got uh, Gut Luke on the line. And Gut Luke, what did you want to tell us about tutoring?
4: Hi, how you doing? Thank uh, you for welcoming me. Um, sure. Well, you know, I, um, I wanted to talk about uh, my experience, uh, you know, coming in this country uh, 32 years ago. Okay. Uh, when well, when I came here, my I was in uh, third grade level and I was eighteen years old.
0: Okay. And what country did you come from?
4: I came from South Sudan, South but Sudan. as a mm-hmm. refugee, I left from Ethiopia. Okay. And so then... when I came here, because of my age, they put me into ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And when I sat in the class, so they give us textbooks, so they test me to read, and I couldn't do it because you know I left africa or i love utopia in the refugee camp at the third grade level so did you I get a tutor the
0: did they give you a tutor to help yes and did it help
4: so it, it did so they helped me to improve my my uh my readings and then also my math and then i was also i got a one-on-one tutor at the church where i was attending mm-hmm. and uh and then afterwards you know I went on and got my high school and then went to college and earned my two bachelor degree and then actually in twenty eighteen I published my memoir, which is God threw me back. Oh, the story yeah. of my life. So now you know, you're a religion. published
0: writer. So that, that reading yes. tutor really helped you. It did. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That's got Luke uh, uh, sharing his story. Um, Again, I I, I do, I want to encourage people to think about volunteering to become a a tutor. Uh, In my experience, the time that I did it, and it was before I was a mother, um, that I had two, I think they were third graders, and and third grade is very significant, right? Um, And these two little boys, and they were just so excited to be pulled out of class, like I was their person to have that one on one time with an adult. And a lot of they wanted to talk about, you know, their family. They want to know about my family. They wanted to just visit. But we read as well. But I just saw like just how valuable just having that attention was to them. Um, and do you see that a lot with what you hear from your reading tutors,
1: Brooke? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that one-to-one attention, that time with an adult, <laughs> someone dedicated, giving you, uh, you know, the student, you know, 45 minutes of, of uninterrupted time and attention. We really see that. Because they may not get it at home or at school. Exactly.
0: And Lisa, do you find that as well? Do you hear that a a lot that the students are just happy to like, oh, like, this is my time, like these people are here for me.
2: Right. And when uh, on on the the chance that a tutor has to miss for, uh, you know, a personal reason or because they're sick or because they have an exam at school the next day, mm-hmm. the, the students are, they, they take it personal. Where's my yeah. person? You know? <laughs> so they, they develop those relationships and those relationships um, enable them to begin to trust other people. So it's and, very important. And people who are hesitant because they you
0: know, there's some concern about, can I do it? What's the training? What's the time commitment? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there flexibility for a lot of the tutoring programs out there that you don't have to be committed for the whole school year. It could just be for a few months. Can you find book?
1: Yeah, well, at Reading Partners, we do ask for a little bit more of a commitment, just because of that relationship and how right. important that really is. There's there's that mentorship piece to it, so mm-hmm. we do ask for folks to commit for the school year. But we recognize that life happens and things happen, and so you know there there's um, uh, certainly shifts that may need to happen. But we really do look for that year long commitment uh, for for tutors so that they can really build that relationship with the student
0: and they'll see the progress. Exactly, very rewarding. Well, I I want to thank uh, both of our guests guests for helping us lift up uh, tutoring. And for all the folks who called in and shared their stories, it was a a great hour together. Uh, We've been talking with Lisa Clarkson, an associate professor of mathematics education in the College of Education and Human Development at the University of Minnesota. Lisa is the founder of the math tutoring program, Prepare to Inspire, and also Brooke Rivers, the executive director of Reading Partners Twin Cities. You've been listening back to a conversation I had last fall at the beginning of the school year. Now, if you want to become a tutor, it's a great time to look into tutoring over the summer or maybe for the next school year. You can find information about Reading Partners and other organizations on my show page at mprnews.org. Thanks for listening today. We'll talk again tomorrow morning. at nine.